Good morning, everybody. We have a lot of scriptures today and a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Today, I'll be referencing Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11, Matthew 9, 38 through 40, Matthew 10, 16, 10, 19 through 20, 10, 28, 10, 32 through 33, Luke 12, 4 through 12, Acts 1, Acts 4, 13, Acts 6, 8 through 756, Acts 9, 10, and 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Now, for today's thought nugget, if you only have a short amount of time, living on mission requires many things to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, but they all flow from maintaining a relationship with Him, a relationship that results in us developing humility, strength, and the ability to trust Jesus all time because we know who He truly is. Here is today's thought nugget for those of you who can't make it through the whole thing but want to get the most important information. Living a life on mission requires many things to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, but they all flow from a maintaining a relationship with Him, a relationship which results in us developing humility, strength, and the ability to trust Jesus at all times because we know who He truly is. Today's complete thought. A life on mission can only be sustained by God, and that is why prayer and Bible study are vital disciplines to have in life. Jesus makes it clear to us in John chapter 15 when he says that he is the vine and that we are the branches. Using this analogy can demonstrate how we can do nothing when we are apart from him. When Jesus sent out the twelve disciples on their first missionary rounds, the people of Israel in Matthew chapter 10, he first said this in the end of Matthew chapter 9. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38, NIV. It was only after saying this that he then sent out the disciples on their own, giving them instructions in Matthew chapter 10. This is not the only time that Jesus is recorded sending out his twelve disciples on their own. Luke's Gospel account records this event in Luke chapter 9, but it also records that later Jesus would send out a group of 72 disciples to do the same work. This account is recorded in Luke chapter 10. There is a bit of a debate between whether or not it was 70 or 72 based on the old Greek manuscripts. This is just a little factoid that you should know so that you don't feel that your Bible is wrong, depending on which version you currently read. I do know that the NIV, New King James, and the ASV have a difference of what they say. The NIV says 72, the New King James, and the ASV, or American Standard Version, say 70. But that's just a quick little footnote I thought was important to get out of the way before continuing onwards. Going back to what we were initially talking about, when we watch the life of Jesus, we see that he put a special effort on making sure they had a dedicated prayer time to draw close to God. This was him abiding in God, and it was a teaching that he made clear to pass on to us. We are his disciples in the current era. When we read in Acts chapter 9, verse 40, Peter prays after he has been brought to see the body of Dorcas, who perished just before he arrived. It is only after praying that he commands her by name to arise. In scripture, the pattern is to pray 
and then act in obedience to what you've been told to do by God in that time of prayer. The reward we receive is not to be thought of as a monetary one, but to be understood as simply being part of the work and growing closer to Him. Should we receive a physical reward, we shouldn't be too apprehensive about it. When Jesus was giving instructions to 72 in Luke 10 verse 7, he told them that when they had found a person who was willing to host them for the time in the city or town, that they were to stay with them for the entirety of the time in their stay and accept what was given to them. Our focus needs to be on the ministry, and prayer keeps us humble, which is a trait admired and approved of by God in us. By our obedience, we remain under the headship of Christ in our life's work, causing his authority to permeate throughout it. It is that very authority which allows for miracles to come forth. Miracles such as healing of the sick, raising the dead, and deliverance from demons, just to name a few. Reading from Matthew chapter 10, and funnily enough, Luke 10 as well, we see that the healing was meant to be a regular part of the ministry. They sent out his disciples on. Currently, we live in a time post-Jesus' ascension into heaven, and now we've been given the gift of God, sending his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. It is by him that we have been empowered to do the miracles. However, he will not be active if we do not obey or open to his power being manifested around us. At the time of posting this, we are at the time between Resurrection Sunday and the day of Pentecost, which was originally a Jewish holiday to remember when they received the Torah. During the 40 days after Jesus had re was resurrected, he spent the time appearing to his followers, and then on the 40th day, he ascended, telling his followers, numbering roughly 120 at the time, to wait in Jerusalem until they received power from God. This is recorded in Acts chapter 1. During those 10 days, they spent time together in constant prayer and seeking God before he, re before he provided them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was this event that Jesus had told them to wait for, and by his power, they spoke boldly to the people and converted many to Christ. We are no different than the early Christians who had to pray and make a diligent effort to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit before miracles could be performed. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an event that is limited to those in the past or to people in an official ministerial capacity. It is meant for each Christian to undergo so that they can be fully empowered to minister to those around them, so that when we speak in the wisdom and insight God provides us, when questioned, we are. Let me rephrase that. I got a little fast. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant for each Christian to receive, so that they can be fully empowered to minister to those around them, so that we can speak in the wisdom and insight God provides us, when we are asked questions, he is meant to be active as we talk with others, discussing everyday life, leading us to say things in ways that others can understand. The time we spend with God enables us to begin having an intrinsic understanding of his nature. One example is when you make food and purposefully decide to make changes so that it's the way your friend likes it. Or if you see something and immediately get for them as a gift that they end up adoring. These are just quick examples of what an intrinsic friendship with someone means. But another example is knowing how to say 
in a certain situation without even needing to ask them. And this comes as a result of our dedication to come to know God. And as we come to know God more fully under the... Sorry, let me rephrase that. I got a little too excited and fast. What I was trying to say was, as a result of this dedication to knowing God, we come more holy under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We are not to be seen of as tools in the toolbox or parts of the machine, but unique individuals that God wants to bring along on the journey with him to save people just like us. Some of us will be privileged to be able to immediately see the enormous impact of the contrasting stark like night and day. But we have no idea how much time and effort has been invested into them before we interacted with these people. For all we know, they are a dam that has been primed to break by words we say at that time we meet, or we could just be more water added to what has been already added, so that another person may receive a memorable moment. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, which was dealing with many things, including gang divided over those teachings and who they followed. Something he remedies by reminding them that their foundation is Christ, and that many will come by teaching them that it is God who causes their growth. See 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And likewise, each of us must be humble, remembering where our focus is to be on. Our foundation is Christ, and that is from where we grow. And in the process, when we're witnessing to others, we need to trust what God tells us in Isaiah 55, chapter, chapter 55, verses 10 through 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed from the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth, for it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire to achieve, the purpose for which I sent it. Not all who hear the words of the good news will be accepting of it. Some are apathetic to it, not caring one way or the other, and others will be hostile. It is why when Jesus gave instructions, he included that we need to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, as he says so in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. By doing no wrong, we are to do no wrong so that there is no reason to be persecuted other than for obeying the commands of God. Should it arise that we are brought before judges and peoples a position of influence, power, and status because our beliefs, we must not fear them. As the disciples Peter and John were when they were brought before the chief priests for healing a man in the name of Jesus, as is recorded in chapter 3 and 4 of the book of Acts. These men were not fearless, and they said to the people that our fear should be solely of God who can determine our eternal fate, which is what Jesus spoke to them previously when he sent the folks out the first time. In Matthew chapter 10, 28, and 10, 32, 33, he gave them the following commands. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, he says this, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Then in Matthew 10, 23-33, he says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, 
I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowned me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And when it comes time to defend ourselves, we can be at peace for his promise that the Holy Spirit will give us words that we need in those times. See Matthew 10, 19-20. The free for more information as to what exactly he says. But I've summed up quite nicely those verses, the passing paragraphs of what I'm talking about. The free will of man is what lets them to make their own decisions, and it's not always the best one, such as choosing to persecute us when we're trying to save them. That's why Jesus told us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, for he knows that it will build within us a heart that is probably aligned with God's, a heart that loves others. Even though they're in a bad situation and doing horrible things, he wants them to be brought into a better place. A life on mission can be only sustained through the continual indwelling of the Holy Spirit by being aware of him at work in our lives. All these things that I've spoken about can only come as a result of a continual relationship with God. By not neglecting him or by letting him be pushed to the wayside by things of life, as in the soil filled by weeds in the parable of the four soils. A garden must be maintained regularly in order to prosper. That includes keeping the weeds out of it by handling them when they are small, something that we can only notice creeping into our lives through the Holy Spirit being with us and making us aware of these things. One could snappily say that a life on mission begins, ends, and is sustained by God through a time with Him. Humility and trust are tied together with our humility letting us trust God, causing us to come closer to Him. And the more time we spend with Him, the greater our humility grows, allowing us to receive more involvement with His work. But as involvement grows, so too does our need to draw strength from Him on a daily basis. We never stop needing Him in this life. Until next time, friends, may you grow in your relationship with God, through Jesus Christ, courage and Godspeed to you all.